Welcome to the Registered Investment Advisor Podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their financial service firms, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Pat Luby from Credit Insights, the authority on credit markets. They are the leading voice on global credit issuance, turning complexity into clarity in an ever-changing market. You've seen them on the Wall Street Journal, Fortune, New York Times, Bloomberg, Cranes, Business Insider, Market Watch, CNBC, Seeking Alpha, and everywhere else. Pat, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Seth, I am super excited to be with you. This is an audience that I really enjoy working with. I, I love the fiduciary mindset. So I am super excited to join you. I appreciate the invitation and I'm excited to talk about media bonds. All right. Well, let's go back in time first, just a little bit. Um, tell us how you got started at Credit Insights. Well, uh, correction, it's Credit Sites. Credit uh, Sites, sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Um, I've been in the media business for 30 plus years. Like a lot of folks kind of got into the career uh not necessarily because I set out for it, but I started on a regional trading desk for a national uh, broker dealer and discovered that I really enjoyed it. Really, really interesting. You know, the uh, fun part of the media business for me has been over 30 plus years. Every day has been different. Uh, and it's a market that builds schools, bridges, tunnels, uh, stadiums, airports, it's a part of the, the financing infrastructure, the, the fabric of the financial infrastructure. It does good. It, it builds our neighborhoods. It builds our city. So it's been really rewarding to be a part of this, this market. Absolutely. And you've been in the business a long time. You've seen many, many different markets, many different environments. Mm-hmm. How does the muni bond, how does the market change when we're in something like a pandemic or a mm-hmm. recession or a resignation? Uh, so excellent question. It, the market can change, particularly from an investor's perspective or an RIA's perspective. The market can change without you even being aware of it. Uh, as state and local government finances fluctuate with changes in the economy, as uh, the costs of providing services change with inflation. Uh, it changes the underlying fundamental credit worthiness of the individual issuers and the uh, the certainty of getting paid back. The municipal market through it all has remained very, very fundamentally strong and credit worthy, uh, very highly rated market. The big difference that has evolved and it really accelerated over the last couple of years, the nature of the secondary market liquidity in the municipal bond market has changed making it more difficult for investors or advisors to get in and out of positions. If we take a look at something like interest rate environment, Mm -hmm. and for a long time, we had record lows, how did you deal with that? And then, of course, now rates keep rising. The question that uh, I probably heard my first week on the job that I've heard every week since then is what do I do about interest rates? Uh, it's very tempting for investors and for advisors to try to time interest rates. It's very, very difficult to do. If you talk to a professional portfolio manager who's hired to manage a fixed income portfolio, they will tell you that they don't try to time rates. What they try to do is find the best thing that they can do with the money that needs to be invested today. 
investors who are accustomed to the idea of dollar cost averaging into equity positions, uh, systematically putting money to work in the bond market over the cycle of changes in interest rates is the bond market equivalent of averaging into the market. Uh, if, if you read about duration targeted portfolio management, uh, or even a simple laddered portfolio, that's in effect what's going on is uh, when rates are higher, you're getting more income. When rates are lower, the lower income is is offset by the the income earned when rates were higher. That makes a lot of sense. Credit sites written over 150,000 articles over the last 20 years. How do you be that prolific? Well, there's a big team uh, at Credit Sites, and we have cover a lot of parts of the market. Munis are actually the smallest part of what we do at Credit Sites. Uh, corporate uh, market is where Credit Sites publishes the most. But our, our client, we have a, a global audience of clients. All of our clients are fiduciaries. They're investing on behalf of other, of other investors, whether it's family offices, multifamily offices, wealth advisors, uh, asset managers, asset owners. They like that uh, we're a subscriber paid business. We're not selling asset management. We're not selling uh, investment management or data indices or anything else. It's just our opinions about the market. And what's distinctive about what we do at Credit Sites is we weigh in both on the fundamental credit strength of issuers and sectors, but also the relative value. Just because a, a bond may have a smaller margin of safety doesn't mean, necessarily mean it doesn't belong in an investor's portfolio. If the price compensates for the increased amount of risk, then it could be a good buy for the right portfolio and the vice versa. And ultra safe doesn't necessarily belong in a portfolio if you have to pay through the nose to get it. Absolutely. Now, back in when the subprime bubble burst, 07, 08, some of the rating agencies like Moody's took a lot of flack for giving bonds that portfolios that had Certain tranches, obviously, uh, mm -hmm. that had subprime exposure, ratings high enough that insurance companies and pension funds uh, could buy them, thus exposing their investors to that risk. Um, you haven't had that problem. How are you able to avoid that? I'll say I was fortunate not to have been uh, writing you know, credit research at the time, but it, it, that was a really interesting phase in the market. Uh, strictly looking at the, the relative credit strength of a lot of those issuers, from a, um, a fundamental perspective, the assumptions were that, you know, that at the time they seemed reasonable, but there's a difference between structured uh, credit and fundamental credit. Uh, having uh, agreements with counterparties or financial guarantors uh, is not as strong as, you know, like the state of Texas uh, issuing bonds that are secured by the full faith and credit pledge of the state. Um, there's just a fundamental strength and difference there. And of course, you know, credit risk always comes down to both the ability to pay and the willingness to pay. Equity holders have uh, a fiduciary obligation from the, the board of directors of a company. Bondholders have only a promise to pay from the issuer. There's no moral obligation or anything else other that says that they should go above and beyond what they've promised to do. Uh, and so that's when markets become volatile, uh, that's when having a, uh, a credit opinion becomes really, really important. How valuable, how secure is that willingness to pay and the contractual obligation? When it becomes difficult to pay, 
that's when willingness to pay comes in. For sure. What do you like best about the research that you do? I like that we don't have a, a set uh, territory that we have to opine on. Uh, we're very reactive to our clients. Uh, we have an open open line of communication with clients. There's certain things that, that we publish about on a regular basis. So uh, market trends, uh, flows, trading flows, what are mutual funds, what are ETFs doing, what's going on with the different sectors and some of the key issuers. But the part I like best is hearing questions. It's an enormous market. It's uh, an enormous diversity of clients and investors and advisors. I love hearing the, the questions that are on their minds. And so uh, being able to interact with clients uh, and fiduciaries about what are the challenges and questions that they've got, what are they wondering about? That's the favorite part of the job. And why do you think the muni market in particular has stood the test of time so well? It provides for a fundamental need for infrastructure investment. There's growing awareness and interest in, in both infrastructure investment or ESG investment. And a lot of people argue, and I agree with them, that munis are the original infrastructure investment. It's how bridges got built. It's how tunnels, airports, uh, people drive to work and they pass to high school. And so when the high school bond issue comes up on the local referendum, uh, they know that's where my kids go or that's where I'm planning to send my kids. I want to have improved science uh, labs or whatever. So it's close to home. People understand the municipal market. And of course, you know, from a financial perspective, because the interest earned on municipals is exempt from federal income taxes and frequently from in-state taxes as well, uh, it provides a, a cost-effective way to generate income and to do some good close to home. That makes a lot of sense. With all of the turbulence we've seen in the markets over the last few years, has your advice to clients changed at all? It's interesting that the questions always stay the same. The answers do tend to fluctuate a little bit. So, for example, where we are right now, we're recording this uh, in early June before the, the next meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee meeting. Um, for the first time in a couple of years, I've actually been suggesting I think it's time to start nibbling around leverage closed end mini bond funds. Not all of them. Uh, but they're trading at deep discounts. There's some that have recently cut dividends. Their cost of leverage is going to go up if the Fed raises rates. We don't think that the Fed is going to raise rates. Um, but once the Fed is perceived to be at a terminal rate, then uh, I expect that the discounts are going to tighten up and that investors will be coming in. So I haven't talked about closed-end funds in years. Uh, that's something that has changed. Uh, talking about ETFs is also something that continues to evolve. A lot of bond market participants don't fully understand the mechanics of ETFs and how they're influencing the market. So I spent a lot of time educating bond market professionals about the mechanics of ETFs and how they work, even if they're not using ETFs, uh, because they are exerting influence on how bonds get traded and how they get priced. So there's the silent evolution going on behind the scenes. And I, finally, I would say this extends more than just the last couple of years, but over the last 10 years really is the growing importance of uh, professional management in the municipal bond market. When I started, it was very common for individual investors to have self-directed portfolios, uh, but the increased level of stress on municipal issuers, uh, which does not necessarily mean default, but it does mean uh, does have uh, impacts on how bonds get priced and traded in the secondary market. I think there's a growing, the, a growing value in using professional manager 
the market is just changing so fast and it really requires a deep commitment to pay attention to what you own. If you don't have the time and the bandwidth and the skills and tools to do that, a uh, big fan of professional management. What advice, and we're not asking for any specific investment recommendations, of mm-hmm. course, on the show. Um, you as a firm, you monitor and research so much what trends, what things are you seeing coming down the pike? How are you telling clients to position themselves now for what you think is coming next? So for municipal bond investors, I think the greatest source of risk to investor principal is illiquidity, not necessarily an increase in default risk, but uh, not being able to sell a bond at a price where you'd like to sell it or where it's being evaluated in the portfolio. So planning ahead for, you know, as, as we describe it, having a liquidity sleeve in a portfolio. Uh, having some perhaps lower yielding, but higher, more liquid investments in the portfolio. That could be either you know low duration, very high quality bonds, or it could be one of the large, very liquid uh, ETFs that's very tradable. Uh, I think making provisions for liquidity in a portfolio is one of the most important things. And as the market continues to evolve and we see more algorithmic trading, we'll see an increase in algorithmic scoring of credit risk. Those things will accelerate the the pace of change and influence liquidity in the secondary markets. So be prepared now. That is excellent advice. Um, What do you do for fun when you're not analyzing the muni bond market? Uh, Well, I've got a son who plays college football. So we're either watching the games or or talking about the games or getting ready for the next game. Uh, Also love to read, Uh, spend a lot of time reading and, uh, I have found that some of my best investing insights have come from books not about investing or about the bond markets. So I'm always uh, prospecting for those good ideas out there. You never know when those nuggets of gold are going to turn up. Absolutely. What are, so, what are some of those books that inspired you? Um, Richard Feynman. I don't know if you know Richard Feynman. Yep. He, he's reputed to have been one of the greatest physics teachers of all time. I'm reputed to be one of the worst physics students of all time. So uh, (laughs) you would think, well, what the heck am I going to find out of Richard Feynman? But he was one of the most interesting characters of all time. And he wrote a number of books that were just absolutely fascinating about his his approach to teaching, learning, uh, living. He was a joy-filled guy, really interesting character. Uh, A couple of his books are really, really fun. I've recently uh, finished rereading uh, the Enchiridion by Epictetus, which is uh, it's on a regular uh, reread cycle. And I'm starting a book out from a physical therapist on how to stay limber. All right. Great recommendations for our folks <laughs> watching and listening who want to learn more about uh, credit sites. Where is the best place for them to go to learn about credit sites and about you? Uh, Creditsites.com. So if you're interested, uh, I know our our team would be happy to set anybody up with a a free trial. Uh, We've got tons and tons of content. Uh, Be forewarned, if you do get a free trial, it's going to turn into a fire hose. So if you do get a free trial, please reach out. I'd be happy to walk you through on uh, the mini content that we've got. You're also welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Patrick Luby on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect with anybody in the industry and and to uh, chat and hear what's going on and uh, the more connections, the better. If you've got questions, I want to hear about them. So please let me know. All right. Well, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable. This has been Seth Green with Pat Luby for creditsites.com. Pat, thanks again. Hey, Seth, thanks for having me. And uh, thanks to the listeners for joining us today.
Thank you, everyone, for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time.